You're listening to the John Clark Cast. I'm your host, John Clark, a licensed counselor, group practice owner, and a guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. And today, I can't believe I'm saying it, uh, I got to sit down with someone I've been following and admiring for a very long time, Chris Ducker, with a D, uh, from Rise of the Upreneur. It's his most recent book, and youpreneur.com. Chris is a serial entrepreneur, um, internationally known, very, very uh, big deal, to be honest, in the entrepreneur world, um, in the world of personal branding. And uh, his book has been a big inspiration for a lot of what I've done. And his book, Rise of the Entrepreneur, is really a blueprint for how to build an online business today and how to build a brand that's going to last and weather the tides um, that are inevitable to come in this this online world. So um, again, I reached out to him uh, or to his assistant and just thought I'd try to get him on the show and it just happened. Uh, it just was kind of as easy as that uh, for some reason. So um, really great episode. We talk all about the power of personal branding, um, um, what it's what it's been like for him to um, build businesses over the years. Um, it, he's just a, a big, big personality, a great guy. And uh, again, it was really special to have him on the show uh, for this episode is, you know, someone of his magnitude. Um, it was, it was really cool. So, um, I apologize. The audio is pretty bad. I was traveling at the time and just had a pretty bad internet connection, but I wanted to capture it anyway. I also wanted to capture video. So that's up on YouTube, uh, if you'd rather watch it on YouTube. So bear with me on the audio quality, but otherwise the message is there. And, uh, I'm just so excited for you guys to get to know Chris Ducker. Let's dive in. Building a private practice can be tough, but I believe that it doesn't have to be. And so uh, I'd like to help you make things a whole lot easier. Um, if you're interested in working with me, head to thejohnclark.com and uh, apply for a free strategy session. That's thejohnclark.com to apply for a free strategy session. Um, in the meantime, do me a big favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you are listening. That really helps us get the word out and continue to grow the show. And um, otherwise, tell a friend uh, about the show as well. Share your favorite episode. And um, thank you in advance for helping us uh, move things forward. Chris Ducker joins the show today. Chris Ducker um, is, well, I already screwed up the intro, <laughs> a serial <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh yet. You just, you just can't get the help nowadays. You just can't. <laughs> I had it sent over and I was head all ready to go. And everything. My audience knows I struggle with introductions, meaning a lot of times I don't even do it. I just, I just start chatting it up with the person. And then eight minutes in, they go, are you going to introduce me or is this it? Are we live? Yeah, who's this? Like? <laughs> uh, we can do that. We can do it any way you want, man. It's all good. <laughs> a serial entrepreneur and author of the bestsellers, Virtual Freedom and Rise of the Upreneur. Chris also owns and operates several businesses that house over 350 full-time employees internationally. He's also a trusted international business mentor, keynote speaker, podcaster, blogger, and the founder of Upreneur.com, the world's number one personal brand business education company, as well as being the self-proclaimed, is my favorite part, proudest Brit doing business 
online. Chris Ducker, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. See, that was good. You shouldn't beat yourself up too much. Uh, it was fine. Once you, once you got into the swing of things, it worked brilliantly for you. <laughs> Chris, um, I mentioned for a second before the show, <clears throat> and a lot of folks actually know this because the listeners and followers were around when I did this crazy rebrand thing. Right. And in what's become a crowded market of people who help private practices of any kind, um, people kept coming up to me over and over again. I'd meet these people and they would go, oh, you're John Clark from the, the private practice th- uh, thing, starter, accelerator, incubator, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it almost didn't matter. They just, but they knew exactly they knew my name. Yep. Yep. That's the power of personal branding. You know, exact same thing happened to me when I first started out. I was under the, 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 the kind of the brand, the virtual business lifestyle. We opened the doors to that in January 2010, which in internet years makes it about 70 years old. Um, and, um, you know, we started blogging, we started podcasting, or I should say I started blogging and podcasting in, in January 2010. Um, and it was never, you know, do you listen to the virtual business lifestyle podcast? It was always, do you listen to Chris Ducker's show? And so it only took us about 12 to 18 months before we realized as a team that um, we should lean into that personal brand element a lot more. And the moment we did it, you know, the floodgates opened up, the keynotes started coming through, the book deals start coming through, the, you know, the high level consulting gigs start coming through. And so clearly people want to do business with other people rather than just fancy titles and things like that. And uh, that's where Upreneur was born, man. That's where the whole thing came from. This is another reason why I wanted to have you on to speak to our industry in particular, because what we do as counselors, psychologists is so personal. What, what could be more personal than having the hardest moments of your life and needing to get help from someone? Yeah. Yeah. And somebody that and the first time you walk through you know, the door to their, their, their clinic, their studio, their office, whatever you want to call it, 99%, you know, 0.9% of the time, you've never met that person before. That's the weirdest thing. Like I've, I've, never, I've never had any therapy in regards to that. Um, I've had physiotherapy and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff as I've gotten over injuries or whatever, but I've never had that kind of help. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I, I would not be adverse at all to doing it if I felt I needed to. Yep. Um, and I think sometimes we're too close, right? And a lot of your listeners can probably appreciate this. You know, we're too close to our own problems and our own concerns that we can't see what's probably a lot of the time right in front of us, but a complete stranger can. And I think that's where that help comes into play. So kudos to every single one of you. Uh, I think it's, it's important. The world needs, the world needs those, those therapists to come and help us out. I think so. <clears throat> and because we're, most therapists are online in some form or fashion now, what that means is that consumers have infinitely more information to sift through when trying to go, who is this therapist and do they get me? In, and really, can they help me get the results I want? Hmm. And so most therapists struggle tremendously with finding the words to describe what they do. And what happens is most therapists you, you land on their website and it immediately says, you know, I'm a licensed something or other. I went to this school. I've been in business for this many years. This is what I believe. And I, I was telling a therapist earlier today, it's like meeting someone for the first time and you just instantly start talking about yourself to no end. <laughs> you start rambling on and on and on. And then you wonder why your website's not converting. You wonder why your message isn't resonating at all with people. 
Right. And that's why, you know, it's, it's important to understand what your strengths are, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's equally as important to understand what problems you're solving for the other people and to lean towards those things as talking points more than, you know, how fantastic you are or how many degrees you've got or, you know, where you did your MBA. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can step back for a second, Chris, and let folks know a bit of background on you. Um, uh, where where did you start off? What was your first business and what was that like? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I did the consulting thing. I guess you can probably call that being the first business was the consulting gig. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I consulted with, you know, companies, you know, everything from, you know, working with, you know, graphic design businesses on, on branding and, and marketing principles right the way down to, you know, writing scripts for infomercials, you know, literally like, you know, but wait, there's more. If you call, you know, I, I even did POs for Christ's sake for a while. So, you know, it, it, I, you know, a vast kind of collection of consulting and, and coaching gigs and things like that in the very early years. Uh, but, you know, the first real business set up 2000, kind of five or six, um, which was uh, Lift to Sell, which is still, uh, you know, operating to this point. It's a big call center in the Philippines, 400 plus employees mm-hmm. um, serving mostly B2B, but a little bit of B2C, but mostly B2B uh, clients. Um, I have nothing to do with that business day to day in any way whatsoever anymore, but I still own it. Um, And so it was that, and then it was virtual staff finder, which kind of filled in the gap between stressed out entrepreneur and experienced, you know, virtual assistant in the Philippines. And in the 10 years that we've been in in business with that or 10 years, no, sorry, that's a lie. Uh, Eight years that we've been in business with that business. um, You know, we've helped over 6,000 virtual assistants in the Philippines find really good jobs with great people remotely around the world. So, you know, I think ultimately though, you put all that to one side and the books and the speaking and the online stuff, you put it all on one side, still at the end of the day, um, if I'm to be very honest with you, John, I, I'm just a sales and marketing guy. Yeah. You know, at the core of what I do, I solve problems for people within a particular niche mm-hmm. or I help other people do likewise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big believer if you provide those solutions in the right way for the right people with the right reasons in mind, then you are blessed to be able to put a price tag on it and you can make great great money doing so. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, our industry has a number of problems um, that are pretty widespread. One is therapists feeling too salesy when they, when it comes to talking about themselves and getting clients in the door or even acknowledging that it is in fact a sales process when you, and yet we have solutions to people's problems in a huge way. So Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. being said, what do you think people should know or how, how do you think therapists can kind of get over that part of I'm being salesy or um, you know what I mean? It's like um, there's that self-consciousness about um, uh, self-conscientiousness about talking about what I do or even saying that I'm good at what I do. How do you, how would you suggest right. folks kind of work through that? Well, you, I mean, first and foremost, understand it's actually not about you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Let's not, you know, let's let's yeah. let's not have any delusions of grandeur yeah. here. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's, it's actually not about you at all. It yeah. never will be about you. Um, it's about the outcome totally. that that 
person that comes into contact with you will have after working with you. And that's what you should be talking about. It's the benefits and the outcomes of working with you. You know, and, and before we started recording, I gave you a little hat tip because, um, you know, I, I, I went to your website. I'm going to go back to this, uh, to the site real quick right now as we talk. Um, I went to your website yesterday. I was looking, you know, who's this guy? You know, yeah. He wants to interview me. Let's check this guy out. Um, and, your your benefit and outcome statements on on your website, your personal website yeah. at uh, thejohnclark.com, yeah. business made human. Let me help you build a better private practice. That's the benefit right yeah. there, building a better private practice and fill the empty slots on your calendar. That's the outcome right. of what people can expect if they work with John Clark. It ain't that hard. I don't feel like you're selling me at all. You're just telling me what you can help me with. And when we're done working with each other, what the outcome will be. So understand it's not about you. That, That benefit statement is not about John at all. It's about what I can expect when working with John. So it's actually not that hard. And understand this. If you serve first, you can sell a lot easier later. And actually nine times out of 10, you don't even have to ask for the sale. It'll actually happen by itself because of the solutions that you're providing to the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should end the podcast right there because that's... <laughs> that's no, enough. come on. We got, we got a little bit more time. Let's keep going. <laughs> Some folks to go, oh my gosh, I need to change my website and come up with a tagline and... <laughs> And all this stuff, like I, I really am not exaggerating when I say that I think the therapy industry, we're about 20 years behind many other industries or even other service-based industries when it comes to describing what we do so that you can help more people. Um, so I think, and part of it is we train very in-depth on the clinical part. We train you know, years and years and years to get these degrees to do one thing, which is the clinical part. And then we get out of school and we have no idea where to start. Right. Right. <laughs> and I know, and that, I mean, you yeah. know, and, and I've not been in that position before. Uh, I dropped out of university six months in. My father yeah. didn't talk to me for three months. He hated me <sighs> for three months. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I, I can totally get it, but likewise, if you worry about that too much, you're going to close the door on yourself before you've even walked through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have studied all that long. You have put on all the hours. You have sat all the exams and learned everything you need to learn. If you don't put that into practice, um, regardless of how you actually do it, then you've fundamentally wasted the best years of your young life at that point, right? So, I mean, I always say that, you know, the most important thing about what you do for a living is that you enjoy what you do for a living. Totally. If you're not enjoying what you do for a living, you must, you must stop it. You owe it to your life mm. to stop doing stuff that you don't like doing anymore. Because we spend what, 60, 70% of our waking hours at work mm. for the majority of our adult lives. You better be enjoying what you're doing, man. Cause otherwise you're fundamentally just wasting your life, you know? Totally. Well, and I think a lot of therapists get into this business cause they want to help people and it feels good to help people. But they struggle to understand, a, to have a plan. They struggle to understand marketing when in reality, we're experts in understanding human behavior and what motivates people to change. Well, guess what marketing is understanding what motivates people to take action. (laughs) 
to do a behavior, which is usually call now or get started or reach out. Let's get on the phone. And from there, therapists know exactly what to do. It's everything else leading exactly. up to that that they struggle with. So, we'll Exactly. Yeah. And I, I often say the, the beginning of whatever it is, whether it be buying a book or hiring a coach or whatever, that's just the catalyst, right? Uh, you know, yeah. the most important thing is what happens after that. It's the action that you take, the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that action or if you don't take uh, you know, the first steps towards whatever action plan someone's put in place for you, then you've wasted your time and money and effort and energy behind buying the book and reading it or listening to the podcast or hiring that mentor or coach. So I think, you know, the action uh, is, is the part that everybody doesn't focus on as much as they should. And if they did, they'd be a lot happier with the outcome. Mm-hmm. So Chris, I mentioned that Rise of the Upreneur, your your most recent book, was the reason why I killed off my old brand and launched everything under my personal brand and didn't look back. And the results have been incredible. Um, I'm so glad it didn't it didn't screw it all up for you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We'd be having a different conversation right now if that was the case. Actually, I had you on the show. Well, let, let, uh, let, let's not mess around. You wouldn't even be interviewing me right now if that was the case. I, so. I don't think so at all. <laughs> You go, why do I want to talk to this guy? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Like no, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. It's, it's. I'm, I'm very excited to hear that, man. For folks listening, in your words, Chris, what is a personal brand, and why is it so important and timely right now? Well, I think when I think of, you know, a personal brand entrepreneur or a youpreneur, yeah. as I call them, like I, I coined the phrase, mm-hmm. um, I. The way I look at a youpreneur is that that is somebody who, you know, builds a business based around them, their expertise, right? Therapist, perfect example, um, their experience in the field, uh, but most importantly, the people that they want to serve and help the most. Um, and so it is, it's people like therapists, coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, content creators, you know, YouTubers, you know, yeah. to bring it into the 21st century. So it, it is, that's, that's exactly what those people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why it's so important in today's world is because people want to do business with other people that's right. before any brand before any logo out there. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big believer. If you know, love and trust someone, and by the way, no like trust doesn't work anymore. It's it's no love and trust. We've got to love somebody. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, if if you know, love and trust somebody, you are way more likely to either A, work directly with that person or B, work directly with somebody who you know and love and trust knows, loves, and trusts somebody else. And so um, it's just that it's, you know, the next degree of separation thing and all the rest of it. Um, I, I just, I'm a big believer that this is the way forward for businesses and, you know, freelancers uh, and, and consultants and therapists and these types of people who do work very much one-on-one with people. Uh, they've been doing this for a long, long time. This is nothing new. Yep. This is not new at all. It's been around for decades and decades, maybe even hundreds of years, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, but I'm just, I, I guess I'm just one of the people that's, you know, decided to start talking about it uh, with a little bit more energy <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> a lot you know? more energy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, 
with that being said, knowing that, yeah, some people have been doing this part all along, what led you to go, I, I really, I need to make this statement right now? Because the, in the book is almost like a declaration of sorts. It's almost like, listen, this is where the online space is heading rapidly. You're, every, every entrepreneur is wondering, how am I going to stand out no matter what industry you're in? And you're coming in and going, this is how you stand out. Be yourself. Yeah. Brand, yeah. build the brand around yourself. It's the last pivot you'll ever make. I remember reading that and going, oh my goodness, this is the, the pivot that I needed because I'd already pivoted seven or eight times before that. And people are you know, constantly trying to track and follow you based on products and services that you're offering. And that just doesn't work. You just, you outgrow your brands or your products and services over and over again, because you're constantly adjusting to what the market needs and That's what it. you're building at the time. So I can't remember what my question was, but I'm jazzed. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped up about personal brands. <clears throat> well, look, man, I mean, look, at, at the very core of, of you know, what we do um, is, you know, we work with other people. And so, you know, when I look at your, you know, when I look at your benefit statement and, mm-hmm. and, and your title of your website, you know, in regards to, you know, business made human, I mean, I get jazzed about that because yeah. clearly – you get it. Like, and whether the book did that or whether you just knew it already and the book just kind of put, you know, uh, my, my virtual foot up your backside, you know, to, to <laughs> take some action or whatever, it doesn't matter because clearly you get it. Um, and I think that, you know, that puts the personal in the term personal brand. Like if you're not putting the term personal in your personal brand, you're going to lose anyway. You've gotten it wrong straight from the outset. So what I tell people to do is when they first start thinking about going down this personal brand business um, avenue or youpreneur avenue is to actually get really freaking selfish. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. I'm giving you the permission that you need to think about no one but yourself to begin with. And that is figuring out what you're good at and how that can serve people. Right. So if, if you, if you, if you worry about the stuff that you're not so good at, you're going to lose. Now that's the stuff that you delegate. That's the stuff that you avoid like the plague. That's the stuff that you don't want to have anything to do with, but the stuff that you're really good at, the things that you excel at, that's the stuff that you want to end up really kind of zooming into and focusing on. Uh, and I mean, in the book, we call it the self-awareness test, right? right. Where you, right at the beginning of the book, you got to get a piece of paper and you make the two lists and all that stuff. Um, but that's it. Like, you know, get selfish, get really selfish out of the gate. Think about what you're good at and then think about what you need to do to be able to package that into solutions to people's problems. And, uh, like I said, if you do it well enough, you get to put a price tag on it. Yep. You get to inspire people. People end up aspiring to be like you. And, and that's when you become somebody's favorite. And that's what we're totally. all wanting to do is become totally. somebody's favorite, regardless of what niche we're in. So, Chris, the personal brand model works really well for a lot of therapists. And um, I've actually sent physical copies of the book to a lot of the therapists that I work with just put it in the mail and say, listen, read this. Thank you. Um, And so it works really well, especially for what we call solo practitioners. So if it's back when I was a solo practitioner in San Francisco, johnclarktherapy.com, it's just me and me seeing clients. For a lot of folks and a lot of folks listening, they are group practice owners. So johnclarktherapy.com doesn't really make sense anymore. So maybe it's chicagowellnesscenter.com and it's me, 5, 10, 15, even 20 additional clinicians. For business owners in those situations, 
how can they apply the principles of uh, the Upreneur principles to to that brand that kind of needs to be um, generic, if that makes sense, or maybe it already is generic. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it is to a certain degree, and yeah. we're not reinventing the wheel here in any way, shape, or form. You know, like personal branding is ultimately reputation management, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I say that you know your 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 personal brand is what people say about you when you're not around, right? So when you're not at that conference or at that industry event or that dinner party or that coffee meeting or whatever it is, what are people saying about you? That's your personal brand. So it doesn't matter whether you're on your own and you're doing your own or with individuals and a bunch of professionals working yeah. in individual focuses all under one roof or one company. You still have to worry about your reputation and the management of that reputation. If you don't, it won't be long until you're left with egg on your face in some way, shape or form. So yeah. I think it's incredibly uh, important understanding. If you're working for a business, that's fine. That's fine. But that doesn't mean that you should say, well, you know, I'm working for a company here. I don't need to worry about this stuff. And with Rise of the Youpreneur, I think I mentioned two or three times, there might be a time, you know, where this doesn't relate to you or where you're at right now. Right, right. Uh, but don't skip it because yep. it could come about at some point in the future. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, overall, you know, that's your reputation right there. And, and there are things that you can do to build that reputation, to maintain it, to manage it. It's things yeah. like, you know, creating great, helpful, uh, valuable content. It's yeah. about attending the right kind of industry events, uh, giving out your business cards to the right people, um, getting interviewed on local radio or podcasts and things like that. Those are all the things that you can do to boost and manage your reputation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, um, you know, having egg all over your face means, but it doesn't sound good. It's not a good situation. <laughs> It's, it's a very British term. I, I, I think it's a British term. I think, I mean, it might be, but I don't know. I think maybe Americans will get it. Yeah. It's not a good situation. Yeah. It's not a good situation for you. <laughs> Un unrelated, but I was playing video games the other day with, uh, um, someone in the UK and, um, he mentioned the bits and bobs drawer. Yeah, everybody has a bits and bobs drawer in their house. Are okay. you telling me you don't have that in America? Well, we do. Apparently, I do, but I don't even think we have a name for it. Better yet, a name as great as bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. Over and I mean, as if I would understand it, and I was like, "It's a what? Yeah. What is it?" It's great. Uh, it's a life. It's a life changing um, uh, environment in everybody's home. Yeah. Um, and for those tuning in and don't know what a bits and bobs drawer actually is, it usually takes place either in your utility room or you're in a kitchen. Yeah. And it's just full of bits and bobs. You know, it's everything from screwdrivers to batteries to, um, you know, strips of Velcro. We've got some of them in our bits and bobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw them yesterday when I was there. Yeah, a bit, yeah. bit of everything, man. Bit of everything in there. <laughs> well, then I asked him what he did for a living, and he said bits and bobs, which I said, I yeah. don't get you to me. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like, uh, I do a bit of everything. You yeah. know, can, we get on the, can we get back to playing the game, please? You yeah, know, yeah. Probably yeah. not building a, a personal brand that lasts. Um, no, probably <laughs> not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, a lot of therapists right now are, have built an in-person practice, which can, can be built with a lot of method, marketing methods, some of which you just mentioned, that work and have always worked. A tremendous amount of therapists now are wanting to build an online practice, meaning they meet just like you and I are right now on a video platform and can see people pretty much anywhere, expats, people in other countries, other states, et cetera. 
And what one of the challenges is they sit down and whereas if I'm just marketing that Chicago practice, I go, okay, there's some things I can do, right? I have a really great website with a clear, compelling message. It speaks the benefits and outcomes. I have great SEO, you know, so I'm, I'm winning at organic search. I'm winning at paid, paid ads, right? Running a bunch of Google ads, having a successful practice. Oh, and building an email list. And, uh, but then there's folks going, I really want to build an online practice and I want to kind of reach people everywhere. Or they're saying, I want to build a coaching practice so that I can work legally and without you know clinical licensure just with anyone so they're kind of therapists are reinventing what private practice means now and a lot of questions the question that i get often is okay with that being said given that it's not a local business where should i start so like with that being said what would what would you say to those folks in terms of where they should start especially folks who have never um even marketed online before you know, like I said, you know, you start, you start with solving the problem for the people that you're going to be working with. Um, you know, it, it's not rocket science, man. Yeah. It really isn't. And I mean, you know, the one thing, the one thing to understand about building a business online is that just because it's worldwide, just because it's global, yeah. doesn't mean that you shouldn't niche that down, right? Yeah, so sense. instead of saying, well, I'm a therapist that's going to help people, um, get over depression, for example, right? Beat depression. Instead of saying that, I can niche that down and say, well, I'm a therapist that's going to help uh, men beat depression. Totally. We can go even further down and we want to niche down yeah. as far as we possibly can, right? Well, I'm a therapist that's going to help men over the age of 40 who right. are also married right. get over depression. Now, now you're known as the therapist who helps yeah. married men in their 40s plus beat depression. Yes, you get a much smaller pool of people that you need to attract and talk to, but that in return allows you one, charge more, and B, actually create marketing messages that are genuinely understood directly by that group of people and not something super broad. And I think the power of niching down is something that a lot of people are scared to do because they know that by niching down or niching down, as my American brothers and sisters <laughs> would say, um, by, by niching down, you ultimately end up turning business away pretty much instantly. And I call this marketing like a magnet. So to use a nice tweetable here, you market like a, ma a magnet, you will attract the best and repel the rest. So you're attracting the best, the perfect types of customers. They're married men in their 40s handling depression issues and you repel every single other person on the planet away because it's not okay what you yeah, you have to do and that. you should be absolutely fine with that because yeah. you are doing what you're supposed to be doing by niching down. Well, you own, you own that category in people's minds at that point, right? Because that's mm -hmm. the other thing yeah. is that people, it's kind of like meeting someone the first, for the first time you have their name and then you kind of, you, your mind is trying to find something to remember them by, right? Whether it's like the school they went to or the fact that you really like basketball. So I'm like, okay, Chris, like basketball Celtics and our minds kind of need to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had people, you know, for the longest time, you know, the proudest Brit thing really, um, 
was a, was a genuine thing. Uh, obviously, I was based out in the Philippines for a long time. Only just came back to the UK here three or four months ago. Um, and uh, I mean, clearly, I've you know I've, I've got the Union Jack smeg uh, over one shoulder here, uh, which was a, a lovely gift from my wife. But at one point, my home office in the Philippines was just adorned with Union Jacks, and people were sending them to me to the <laughs> Philippines from literally all over the world. I have a gorgeous ceramic teapot that somebody sent me from Canada. So they put a teapot in all this bubble wrap and the box was bloody huge. I remember it was like this. I was thinking, what the hell hell is this that's come through all the way from Canada? You open it up and it's a tiny little teapot that they've packed in like, you know, a year's supply of of bubble wrap, right? Um, To make sure it doesn't get broken. All the way to the Philippines. You know, I had stuff, you know, bookmarks and picture frames and, 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 trash cans and just flags everything was union jack union jack union jack for the longest time i've since now toned it back down to one or two bits in the office um since i've been back in the uk now but for the longest time that was kind of something that people um you know people got about me Uh, i'm also a big scotch and bourbon collector Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not a big boozer but i love bourbon and bourbon style cocktails and i love great single malt scotch Mm -hmm. so um you know around my birthday every august and around christmas time i'm getting bottles of bourbon and scotch from literally everywhere i mean i i can't actually remember the last time i bought a bottle of scotch i'm serious when i say i'm very blessed to have this collection being brought by you know members of the upreneur academy and people that have read the book or see me live whenever i speak live i always end up getting one or two bottles given to me by somebody in the audience because they've heard it on a podcast or and, and again it just goes back to that kind of conditioning of people's minds and and what they 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 learn about you as time has gone by you mentioned the celtics thing i'm a big celtics fan ever since i was 12 years old i discovered them uh, watching tv as a new basketball player at school and now i'm a big celtics guy so now i talk about boston celtics and you know larry bird and all those guys and all the rest of it and somebody just literally from for christmas i had a jersey sent a, a larry bird jersey sent from somebody here in the uk who had actually bought it at the TV Garden in Boston whenever he was, you know, months ago. And he was like, you know, I bought it for myself. It ended up being a little bit too small for me. He's a big, tall dude. Uh, And he's like, you know, I'm sending it on to you. I promised I'd never worn it. (laughs) It's just, you know, I'm going to try it on. Here it is. It's for you. I know you're a big fan kind of thing. So I think what's important about these few examples here is that people become connected to you, not necessarily at first, for the things that you do for them, but more importantly, for the things that they can just connect themselves to you for or about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important. It just goes back, like you say, it goes back. Business made human, P to P, people to people. Uh, It's a big lesson for everyone. Yeah, well said. Chris, um, a a lot of folks, um, for just a few more minutes here, um, a lot of folks, going back to that online business thing or online practice, um, they know they need to create content or at least someone has said you need to create content. Right. They've heard it somewhere. They heard that somewhere. (laughs) I don't really know why, but in your words, why is it so important for a business like that? And for folks who have a hard time just getting started or have never created any piece of content, but what's a good place to start? Uh, Great questions. Well, look, I mean, to, to answer them in order as well, 
you know, the reason why content is so important is if you think for your own wants and needs, when you need information on something, what's the first thing you do nowadays? You go to Google. Yeah. Right. Or at the very least, you're going on the social to say, hey, uh, does anybody know, a, you know, a good graphic designer or I'm looking for a new blender? You know, which one should I get? You know, mm-hmm. we, we crowdsource these things now without even thinking about them for a solitary second, right? But nine times out of 10, when you need an answer to a question, you, need, you, you go to Google nine times out of 10. And that is why you should be creating content to put on the internet. It's so that Google can find it for the people that will ultimately end up becoming your customers or your clients or your students or whatever it is. And so content is important because it also puts you on a pedestal that is slightly higher, even if it's just an inch higher to the people that are consuming it. They're consuming your content for a reason. It's because they want an answer to a question or a solution to a problem they're experiencing. And so if you're the one to present that solution or that answer to them, you're instantly a pedestal or two higher than them. Totally. And that's huge from a leadership perspective, from an influencer perspective. Yeah. And I always say that, you know, you, you've, you've got to be seen to sell. You've got to be seen to sell. And that, that the word sell is not just about your products and services. It's also about your ideas, your mm-hmm. thoughts, your actions as well. And so that's why creating content is so important. Now we'll say it comes easier for some than others. Sure. Um, and here's the, here's the most important thing to understand about content is that when you start creating content, what you're doing is you're creating content, whether it be a blog post or a podcast or a YouTube video or whatever it is, you're creating content that you think, and that's the key word here, that you think your target audience wants or needs to hear from you. Mm-hmm. But then as time goes by and that audience grows a little bit and you start having some communication with them, whether it's via tweets on Twitter or, or Facebook, or maybe they're sending you emails via your website or whatever it is, As time goes by, something miraculous will happen. They'll start opening up to you. They'll start trusting you. They'll start telling you, right, what they need help with. And that dialogue then gets you to the second stage of content creation where you no longer create content that you think people need from you. Now you can start creating content that you know they want from you. And that's where the money's made right there. That's it they would literally start asking you and the questions that they ask you or even for a therapist, the, where I would start is they go, well, I don't, I don't have any content ideas. I don't have any YouTube video ideas. Well, next tomorrow when you're in session and some therapists are doing six, seven hours of therapy back to back. So you've got seven people talking to you for an hour. And I said, write down a list of questions that you've literally heard your clients ask recently. That's it. What do I do if I can't sleep? How, how do I know if I need a divorce or not? why is my kid angry? You know what I mean? It's like, start there because your, your consumers, your, our clients are already asking questions all over the place. We're just not tuning into them. And the other thing is going back to the self-conscientiousness thing or self, whatever. Um, I had a therapist just earlier today tell me, you know, I just, I know I need to do it, but I just hate doing video. And we get into that a little bit more and right. It's like, well, I don't, what if I don't look right? Or the angle's not right. Or what if I stutter? And like you said, Chris, I think, you know, and it's not to be dismissive that it doesn't really matter. It's not about you, but it's no, permissive. It's, it's actually permission yeah. that, you know what, people aren't thinking about you and your hair in this video. 
they're tuning in. Clearly, in my case, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but they're tuning in to get information and solve problems in their lives. So that actually yeah. it should be a relief to, to folks just getting started with content and going, it's, it really isn't. Um, and, and that, no, no, exactly. but I mean, you know, I, but I do get it, right? Like particularly in, in, in your kind of environment, your world, the therapist world, like you, you can't, you can't get on video looking like you've just literally fallen out of bed. Yeah. Like I understand that. Like there's a certain, you know, we, you're, you're right. Exactly. Or you've woken up with a, with a raging hangover or something, right? Like there, there, there are, you know, certain reputation, you know, aspects that come into being on video that you kind of can't get away with. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're a professional therapist and you know, your background looks like you're in your garage, that ain't going to work. That ain't work. But if you, you know, if you have a half decent backdrop and it, it can literally be a wall like what you've got behind you there now with sound boothing on it or whatever it is, it can be a bookshelf like behind me. Like it, whatever, whatever it is, I understand it. But clearly, if people are making excuses to the point where they're not getting on video because of the fact that they're worried more about their background than what they're actually going to be saying and the words coming out of their mouth, then actually they're not, you know, being concerned about that. They're just procrastinating. Um, And for me personally, like I said, there's the catalyst, but then there's taking action and the taking action is, is clearly where it's at in terms of success. I think people expect things to be easy or they think, well, it's, and people have even said this to me, they go, well, it's easy for you to make videos because you, you do it or, you know, you, you, you speak better than I do, which is not true. Or you have the better camera. And so people, you know, they, they, they say these things, but I was even told someone today, I was like, you're going to look back at your previous content even six months later and go, oof, I could do that better. (laughs) or I can't believe I said that or did that, you know, um, but that is literally how you improve. And so on one hand, you can't get better if you don't start. It's the same when you learn psychotherapy. There's a, a one point where you have all the information you need to try doing therapy with people, with a, with a real person. It's the same for your content. You can't really get better at content without doing content. No. Exactly. And I often tell people if they're really concerned about getting in front of video and getting it up, you know, onto YouTube or whatever, you know what, film the same thing 10 times throw it all away and then do it an 11th time. And it'll be a lot better than what it was the first time around. Totally. Stick that up. Yeah. Yeah. And then get it out there to the world. That's it. Chris, this has been, this has been wonderful. And like I said, um, rise of the Upreneur was a game changer for me still as a game changer. And so, um, it was just really cool to to have you here. And again, I just think so many therapists are going to benefit from your message, from the work that you're doing and um, uh, from the principles that you teach. So Chris, anything that we're missing here and then also just kind of wrapping things up with what's one piece of advice that, that you wish that every therapist in the world could, could hear now? Well, I think, yeah, you know, and we've, we've gone over it a couple of times, but you know, in, in a nutshell is, is to understand that it's actually not about you at all. Um, it's way more important to understand that it's about the people that uh, you are serving and the problems that you're solving for them. Cool. I think we just cut out for two seconds there. <laughs> I think it's on. You want to redo it? So if you want to redo it, and this time you can really drive it home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, we talked about it a couple of times already, but really, you know, the underlining big audacious, hairy takeaway here is to understand that it's not about you. 
You know, don't get those delusions of grandeur. Don't allow them to take over. It is about the people that you're working with. It's about the people that you're serving and the problems that you're solving for them. And uh, the moment you embrace that and you bring that on board, everything that you're doing as a business owner is going to become a lot easier. Perfect. Chris, thank you again for being here. And, and real quick as we wrap up, um, how can people find out more about you and follow along? Well, obviously, I wouldn't be much of a personal brand entrepreneur if I didn't have chrisducker.com. Um, but uh, in terms of learning how to kind of get into the youpreneur mindset, obviously, youpreneur.com is uh, what it's all about. We hold a big conference every year in November in uh, London called the Youpreneur Summit. Uh, I'd love to see any of your uh, listeners, your viewers uh, there this year. But uh, yeah, youpreneur.com, that's what it's all about. Pick up the book, man. That's the yeah, beginning that's of the journey. That's totally. really where it begins. Totally. And we'll put a, put a link to that in the show notes as well. Chris, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you so much. And I uh, look forward to talking with you soon. Yeah, it was my pleasure, John. Good luck with everything. Cheers, man. Hope you enjoyed this episode again. This was um, a big one for me and um, a bit of a milestone to have met Chris Ducker. Better yet, spend an hour with him and have him uh, join the show. So hope you enjoyed the episode and the conversation as much as I did. Um, as always, do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you're listening. Tell a friend about the show and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.